Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 54 four of Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University from the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny. Thank you for the assist on the number. No I problem. knew it was either 53 or 54, but I couldn't remember for sure. Yep, 53 was last week, so we don't want to go back in time. We do not want to go back in time. We are quickly approaching uh, Social Security age for the podcast. Yep. Three months away. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Can't wait to apply. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to apply <laughs> for Social Security for our for our podcast. Yeah, we'll be... Uh, I'm, we're slowly approaching retirement age here. And then... Uh, Episode 69 as well. It, wow, man. That, <laughs> that will be an event. That will have to be a, a special event. Yeah, something. Uh, and then the one that I do with Jeff next week is episode 21. So nice. That podcast. Drinking will, age. Yeah. I, I might have to bring in some alcohol or something, Jeff. Definitely. Take a shot before the podcast. Yeah. Hopefully. I can't even imagine Jeff on a podcast after a shot. Like, what, will you take a shot of Malort or will it be something like more? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Something more celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. We'll like, I'll bring some champagne. Ooh. So a fancy classy toast man i imagine that if i brought champagne then we would just sit here and drink champagne See, I, f- I feel like and that would just for, go, i could feel like that would go very sideways i feel like for a football like centered podcast you kind of got to go with the tailgate mindset so whatever you'd whatever your choice liquor would be for tailgating the only problem is that there's is that when we do that podcast it's like during business hours Nah, that's true here in the the carl chevrolet studios mm-hmm. i'm not sure that it would be uh appropriate appropriate yeah to come in and just jeff and i just get wasted sitting at this table probably not <clears throat> unless you recorded like tomorrow i guess you, you would have you still have to go out to the basketball game but again like no one's going to be ashamed if you if you're stuck well, inside I, drinking well, tomorrow i mean we do it on mondays so yeah like if we did it a monday but you uh, could a you monday could... we usually do it at mondays at 145 mm-hmm. uh not appropriate drinking time probably nah, it's afternoon only if it's Memorial Day, you know. Yeah. Like right. Memorial Day or Labor Day. Fair point. At that point, we just, did just if, have. ML- if, at that point, if you're starting drinking at 1:45, then you're an idiot. We did just have MLK Day. That was an opportunity. That's fair. And you know, despite the fact that uh, that MLK did many great things for our country, <laughs> we did not have that day off. We. I that did was not the day either. I had to go to Lawrence. So. Yeah, a few of my buddies had that off, and I was uh, very disappointed that I did not get to join them. It's crazy how. There are some schools that get it off, like some high schools and stuff like that. I don't remember ever having that off growing up. We had it for Iowa State. Well, yeah. In in college, we had it. Yeah. But in high school, oh, like no. in middle school, elementary, I never remember having MLK Day off. Nope. Me either. But I know a lot of schools in the Des Moines area do. Really? So it must be an urban thing because we're, we're rural. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. Now that I think about it more, maybe they don't. You know, generally the contributions to society made by Martin Luther King. Are you going there? Well, I'm just saying that when you think of the demographics of those towns. Yeah, so you technically were going there, which is, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Well, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make it like a thing like saying, I'm from there. I'm not saying everybody there is racist. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when you think about it, like they'd, they'd probably be not the ones that are celebrating as much as it, as you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The more split demographics <laughs> in the city of Des Moines. All right, we'll leave it at that. 
You're the one who had to make it like a thing. I mean, I just didn't you know you had you to were... question it. You had to <sighs> get. Oh, you're gonna go there. Uh. I, uh, well, you kind of did, and I'm I'm not saying you were gonna go the whole racist route, but you just took it the whole demographic route. I'm just saying that if uh, if we wanted to look at the census, the census for Clarinda is like 98 percent white. Oh yeah. Well, same for Albia, where yeah. I graduated, and that's so. what I'm saying. That's just like yeah. It, at that point. We're like, but that's is using that using it as an excuse to have no have not have school like more than it is but anything is, else? But there may be sit and reflect on the but there, what Martin Luther King. This did is for a us. classic case of there may be correlation, but is there causation there though? That's the question. Is that why? I'm not sure. You think so? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. I it might be that the the schools around here are just more with the times, you know. Given well, I, mean, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that that's probably true. Yeah. Anyway, well, this is really. Let's move on and talk about something cool like the weather. Yeah, this is. Re- <laughs> <laughs> this really was a weird way to start the podcast. It uh, was. Iowa State with a win over Ole Miss on Saturday. Uh, kind of a dominating performance. It was. Besides the just turnovers, about, yeah, everything. Just about exactly what you would like to see from the Cyclones outside of the, like yeah. you mentioned, the turnovers. Uh, THT played well. I think we were all kind of waiting for him to have another really good game like he did. Lindell played well. Yep. Uh, that Which was encouraging after the, the game against Kansas. Mm-hmm. So, again, if they can, they're not going to shoot 69% every time. Nice. I know. Yeah. Um, but if they can. They shot know, 76% in the second half of the game. Which is insane. It, it, that's ridiculous. If they can do something similar, not quite that good on offense and cut down on the turnovers, they're going to be able to beat anyone on any given night. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, too, I don't think Ole Miss is, a, is probably a great, great. a great team. I do think that they were a little bit overrated. Yeah. Uh, They've got a couple of really nice guards, but other than that, they're kind of just dudes. Yeah. I don't know. I still think that that whole situation, the whole Big 12 SEC thing is stupid. I hate that it falls in the middle of the conference slate. Yeah. If it, if we moved it back into the regular non-conference time of the year, I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. And I I get what everybody's saying about how it, you know, gives them an opportunity to showcase the league on such and such like on a specific day and all this stuff, it's like you could do that in December. Exactly. And still have a day where you just do it all at once. And people would argue, well, hey, teams might not be coming into their own at that point, but technically you can make the case that there are still some teams in the Big 12 that haven't completely come into their own. Like Iowa State's just now getting back to complete full strength. They're all kind of gelling right now. But at the same time, Lindell Wigginton, you you can make the argument that he is still in the process Uh of getting back to 100%. So... Yeah, I just I don't I don't know. I I honestly thought that I or the Big Twelve was just kind of going to dominate them there for a minute though. Mm. You know, and, and then you it kind of came back to the mean later in the day. But did you see John Rothstein tweeted that the the SEC had three uh, tournament teams sitting out? And he was trying to make that a big excuse. Yeah, let's also keep in mind the fact that uh, the number one team in the country had to play the worst team in the Big Twelve. Like, yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. That's so stupid. Whose fault is it that the SEC is a bigger conference than the Big 12? Whose no fault one's. is that? No one's. It, well, it's, just, it's just how it goes. If look, you want it to be about the 10 best teams or whatever, or like, and you, if you want it to even be remotely about that, mm-hmm. put your 10 best in there. Yeah. Leave your four, your four worst out. 
but you're going to, at the same time, it's, oh, well, it doesn't really count because there's only the 10 best teams from the SEC and then, you know, the Big 12, they've, they're 10th best. Like, that's just all they've got, like all this stuff. It's like, then don't do the challenge at all. Like, yeah. if you're going to make it like that, then that's just stupid. If you're going to put the matchups out before the season, it makes no freaking sense. And another thing to keep in mind, too, is that like even two or three years ago, Auburn, LSU, and I can't remember who else sit out, but those two teams in particular come to my mind. They were not near as good as they are this year. Yeah. So looking back when the schedule, like, you know, when people were thinking, looking ahead, those teams aren't as good. Well, I remember thinking when it came out that that Iowa State Ole Miss matchup wouldn't be yeah, Ole a Miss. big deal. Yeah. Because it was just like Ole Miss, I didn't know anything about them. You yeah. know, and I knew they had a new coach and it was like, I mean, maybe they'll be okay. And like, Iowa State was coming off of a major down year. Right. And so it was just, it seemed like this will be like a, a mid-tier a mid, at best. Mid-tier at best game. Yeah, and then it ended up being one of the probably one of the headliners of the whole thing. I would say the of, second headliner. Yeah, because just coming out of uh, having the the two ranked teams, but I mean, other than that, like there there really weren't that many games that were even interesting. No, you know, and it all is about getting Kentucky and Kansas on yeah. national television on Prime Saturday time. night. Yep, but I don't know. It is what it is. I just think it's. That that was stupid though. That was John Rothstein. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> Here's a question: Do you think that they because they extended this uh, conference clash for another six years, if I if I'm correct? And they added the one with the Big East now too. Okay, so they added that too. But in in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, do you ever foresee there being a year where they don't match up Kansas Kentucky? Have they ever done that? I'm trying to think back. D- didn't one year they played West Virginia, Kentucky did? I mean, yeah, you might be right. That. And maybe it might have been Florida that went to Ken- went to Kansas or something like that. But anyways. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it just feels like it's been like every, even though it may not have been the case, it feels like every year it's Kansas versus Kentucky. It's been at least three years that mm-hmm. they've done that. Yeah. Because I would love to. I feel to. like every year that they've done it in this format where it's on the Saturday, it's been Kansas, Kentucky. Yeah. And it just goes back and forth between those two. I and then love, they have that's the first day of college game day every year. I would love for Iowa State to either get the chance to host Kentucky or go to Rupp Arena. That'd be a blast. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you why is why is uh, the sigh? Man, I don't know. Yeah, I, you're it'd scared? be cool if they came to Hilton. I I don't know. That man, that would be that that That'd, Spit it out. I, I would just be worried, dude, if they had to go to Rep Arena on a Saturday night, on, I mean, like NB College game day. I would be real scared that they'd go there and get their ass. They'd be nervous, kicked. but why? They'd is, be just like, oh, no. why is it any different than, different than going to Allen Fieldhouse? Because it, the dynamics of the whole thing are just different. Like, I mean, it's not a conference game, but at the same time, there would be a big time. I mean, I guess win. Kansas went and kind of got. I mean, they didn't really put their best foot forward either in no. that situation. But I don't know. I just. That would just make me weary. I, I would see that on the schedule and be like, Whew. see, I'd see it on All the right, schedule. Here we go. <laughs> I'd see it on the schedule and I'd be like, mm, yeah, there's not really anything to lose there. And there's a whole lot to gain. Yeah. That just seems like it's every every year that's like when Kentucky like figures it out, you know? Yeah. Is around this time. Just with all the freshmen and everything. Except mm-hmm. for the years when they've got like that year when they had Carl Towns and Mm-hmm. Devin Booker and the Harrison twins and when they're just awesome from the get-go right when they went undefeated for uh basically six months mm-hmm. before finally losing in the final four uh no I in like this year's team I would have been cool with it 
going into the year, we might have looked at that and been like, like I said, we'd be like, well, <laughs> I guess we're going to learn something. Yeah. Uh, but like now, if it's like, okay, now they have to go to Kentucky and play them, I'd be like, yeah. I guess that's, that's like they they could hold up in that game. That's a good you know? point. I guess my you're right that if if you had asked me before the year if I would have felt comfortable with Iowa State going into Rupp Arena, I'd been like, eh, we're probably gonna get our asses handed to us. Yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, Iowa State can play with anyone. Right. So bring well, it yeah. On. And it's and I mean, think if so. Then even the same thing. Like if they'd had to go there last year, like think how that would have gone. You know. Uh, yeah, it'd been ugly. And I I don't know. I mean, most of these teams that they've had recently, like I feel like they. Shit, the last George team lost to Vander or lost to Texas A and M on the yeah. road, and then the last the team with Monte and them lost to Vanderbilt. Like, let's not yeah. act like they've done so hot in the Big well, Twelve no. SEC Challenge in the last few years. I'm not. I'm know? not saying that, but I do think that they have. I mean, there was a stat that posted to Cyclone Twitter that Steve Prom already has the most top twenty five road wins in, of all coaches in Iowa State basketball history. Yeah. <laughs> so you and feel I, better and, about and, it than the Fred Hoiberg era. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But there's not that many places that are like Rupp Arena, and the one place that is in the Big Twelve that's fair is uh, is somewhere he's won one time. Yeah, that both of those guys combined to win one time. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I I still think we'd be more. I'm pretty sure that arena seats like twenty something thousand people. It's huge, but I do know that some members of their fan base are fed up because all the the blue hairs are the ones getting the great seats and the student section is further away. Hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what what's so no, funny no, about that? No, it's just funny. It's, it's a, such like a I love that that's how like that's just always like a college basketball storyline. Yeah. Versus, like where's the student section at? Yeah. You know? Man, imagine if like it Somewhere like that, or at Hilton, if they moved the student section to the place that it's in, like in in East Lansing, yeah, or even in Lincoln, like where it's on right behind the bench, yeah, the side. Oh lines. my God, I can't even imagine how that, what kind of uproar that would create. Uh, yeah, the donors would not be happy, although it would make it a much better environment. I think. Yeah, I think so too. If you could span it the whole length of the court, that'd be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The arena probably has to be bigger, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh, and the students actually had to show up. Well, too, so <laughs> not to go down that road. No, again, yeah, but. that's you're not wrong. But uh, although, would that make it more appealing? Because you, you automatically know that you get great seats. I think so. Because I think they'd probably have to make the student section smaller too. Mm. You know, like there'd just be fewer students that could get in. Yeah, and I want to say, I want to say at Nebraska. I think this is right. My sister's a season ticket holder for their games. And I think that they have that area along the baseline or along the sideline. And then there's another place where if you don't get seats there, you sit there. Okay. So like they could sell the same number of tickets, but then it's like the base or like the lower bowl seating is along the baseline Mm -hmm. or along the sideline. Yep. And then everybody else sits in the top, like in the same place that you already did. That makes sense. And that rewards people who are diehards who get there early. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the people that sit in those seats now, like they just get moved to the sides. Yeah, I think we might have just uh, might have just we might have done something here. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's always been a kind of a no brainer. If you want, did to make, you did you see the story you know. or the opinion piece in the? I think it was an editorial or a letter or something. Letter to the editor, 
in the daily about um oh yes i know where you're going with this the, i did see it about the questioning the the atmosphere yep. in hilton coliseum yeah man i'm gonna find it because it was well, you need to read that word for word because it's not that long either no i'm gonna find it yeah let's let's do that because it was a uh, very very I've interesting got, to me i've got some tabs here that i need to i need to keep open mm. we've been uh we're you tabbing tabbing up in here yeah well one you. of them is my uh three-point preview that i need to need to finish writing all so, right, Iowa State Daily, Facebook. And this I, found is what? On, I think I found it on here. This is what, like two weeks ago? Something like that? Man, not even that. It, I I feel like I saw it like over the weekend or something. I think, well, you might have saw it then, but I feel like it was after the Kansas State game or some somewhere okay. about then. Oh, crap. Okay, I'm going to have to scroll in here a ways then. Dun, dun, dun. I know the Daily tweeted it. I'll see if I can find the tweet while you're, while you're searching so we don't make this as terrible over radio as we can. But this was... I remember reading it and I was just like, oh my God, like who, who took the time to write this and mm. hit send on it and was like, yeah, this is a good idea. I really killed that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, here it is. Oh, Make Hilton it. magic, not mediocrity. <laughs> what a, what a headline. Uh, we're giving this person, uh, who is this some from? fame by putting them on, from? I don't know. They had, they had their email on it. I know that. Is this a letter to the editor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't not... think they put a name on it. Do they not? The email's at the top, I mean, I there's, think. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Aaron Buckwald. Aaron, if you're listening. <laughs> you're, Here we you're, go. <laughs> you're, yeah. Be prepared for uh, for your letter to, to be read for probably at least several thousand people. Um, okay. Quote, Hilton Magic should never be taken for granted. Hilton Coliseum is a unique venue with a loyal and knowledgeable fan base. Love of Iowa State basketball and the collective passion of over 14,000 random screaming fans coalesces into a cacophony that empowers the Cyclones and, and unnerves visitors. Wow. Some, some vocabulary there. Yep. True Cyclone fans have contributed to making Hilton one of the world's best basketball arenas and one of the toughest places to play in the nation. Not anymore. Not anymore, period. Not, not since the student section began thwarting spontaneous roars in favor of childish orchestrated chants. Hold up. What does that mean? Childish orchestrated chants. I think what, when I read this the first time, my mind went to what the band does for chants. But that's not... How are they going over the roars? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't sense. make sense to me It either. doesn't make any sense. Because when the, when the roars happen, you cannot chant over those roars. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, now, when, here, here, this, they may be trying to say that um, in place of where they could roar, they instead chanted, which in case, I don't, when, remember, I don't remember I don't that. remember that ever I don't remember happening. that either. No. And I've been, to, I've been to every game for like five years. I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah. All right. Visiting teams were once intimidated by the crowd at Hilton. Their prayer was to get a lead and play in such a way to take the crowd out of the game. Now their prayers are answered. The ignorant ISU student section does this for them, hushing the crowd to make way for an idiotic drone as the visitors possess the ball. Hushing the crowd? What? So, wait. Okay, so I, I kind of understand the drone thing because, you know, you go, oh. That's just where it is everywhere. Yeah. What, what do they expect you but to well, do? Doesn't he go on to say that that's what happens everywhere? I'm Gone sure are the impromptu roars that rallies the defense. See, I don't remember there ever being like an imp- well. Okay, I, scratch that. I do remember there being roars that imp- like make the defense get better, but that's only when like 
they they go on a run already, and then the crowd like gets into it because they're like they're yeah. like keep it up. Or they re- the reverse. Iowa State gets down a little bit, and then they're like, okay, let's pick it up, and then start the crowd starts to roar to you know, see. Pick and what up. I don't get is, does he want it to be quiet the rest of the time, and then all of a sudden, it, like they go on a run, and then it like blows up. I don't get. Where I don't that, know okay. about that either. <clears throat> Gone is the enthusiasm and spontaneity of the of a crowd reacting instinctively to the game. I first heard this kinder moan 30 years ago at UCLA. Now it's copied all over the country in arenas with the most obnoxious fans. What better way to make visiting teams comfortable on Ames than to eliminate the uniqueness of Hilton by silencing real fans and copying something that's heard everywhere else? <sighs> okay. Uh, mm-hmm. The Oklahoma State game on Saturday was a disgrace to the Hilton legacy. Throughout the game, when the crowd was on the verge of reacting, the choreographed whine artificially kept the noise level to a minimum. So again, I think that's the uh... yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. That's what what does what does he like? What is expected? I don't know what what the crowd Maybe, noise that he that the, he's trying to mention I, is. I wonder that too because it seems like like when we were in school, you know, early two thousand tens. I always remember doing the oh. That's what I've always heard. That's what you hear everywhere. And I don't, I don't recall ever seeing. And any... I get what he's saying about how, but how's that? What can you do that's any different? What do you do that's different that makes that big of a, of a difference I, in the game? I guess cheer a whole lot louder. I don't know. I don't but get I, it. I, I, I don't like get people it. do that anyway. I the student know. section needs to take responsibility for their part in eroding Hilton magic, leading in part to the K State loss. Pretty sure the student section wasn't there that game. Were they? <laughs> they might not have been. Uh, they definitely weren't there for the Kansas game. What, know that. what day was that? I think that was the Saturday right before they got back from spring break, right? That was the 12th. Yes. Yep. So, so okay, there we go, Aaron. Yep. There's another problem with your little letter to the editor here. <laughs> so it wasn't the student section that was the problem there. Stop copying basketball illiterates at other schools and return to the unique experience that is Hilton Magic. Hey, let's... I think Kentucky plays tonight. Let's listen to their game at at Rupp Arena and see if. Uh, well, and or hey, I know Kansas plays tonight. Let's, he, well, he he'd make the case that what you hear on TV is what what Iowa State should not be doing. The basketball illiterates. Yeah, the basketball illiterates at the some of the best, a few other of the best arenas in the country. Uh, stop copying basketball illiterates at other schools and return to the unique experience that is Hilton magic. It's real, but it won't endure without the passion that created it. Don't be the generation of students that ruins it and takes away an enormous home court advantage, turning it into Hilton mediocrity. See, okay. Well, Aaron, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now, which uh, just so happens to have a metric to measure home court advantage in college basketball. Our state is uh, third behind who? Arkansas and Colorado, oddly. I don't know why. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Uh, well, Colorado, you could probably blame it on the altitude. Yeah, that's yeah, because like Air Force is fourth. So. Mm-hmm. And at, at Arkansas, you could maybe Wanda say it's, it's one of them who's eighth. Who? You would never guess, I don't think. Is it Iowa? Yeah. No, that's not. Okay. okay I, maybe I'm, we have some, now I'm questioning we have some this. problems with the home court advantage. Because uh, uh, Carver is definitely not that intimidating. Yeah, it says, okay, so it's model inputs based on last 60 home and road conference games, values or per game differences between a home and road margin. Okay, actually, that makes sense. Then. Because Iowa is terrible yeah, on the road. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, it's if you're really bad on the road and you're really good at home, then that does mean that your home court advantage probably is better. And that kind of makes sense because I would think that Arkansas's 40 minutes of hell would go much better at home. 
Do they still play that way? I'm pretty sure Mike Anderson's still there, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Well, I know Nolan Richardson's not there. Corliss mm. Williamson. Shout out to Corliss Williamson. <laughs> and the uh, 1994 national champion Arkansas Razorbacks. So, okay. Now, that's the real 40 minutes of hell. <laughs> Going back to his letter, I, I, there are a lot... There is a lot that I disagree with fundamentally, but I think the, the, if you look at the broad point he's trying to make is that what would make Hilton different from everywhere else is if everyone was just more wild all the time. And I think... Good luck. <laughs> that's hard to do, absolutely. But at the same time, yeah, I kind of agree with that point. If you look at it really, really broadly, it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, if you're, like, if, if you're doing everything you can... To try and think, it's like, okay, I'm going to try and see the merits of this. I'm trying to give him as much of the benefit of the doubt as I can. Exactly. If you're trying to give the benefit of the doubt, then yes. Mm -hmm. Is he correct? Is what he's saying realistic? Probably not. Can we... I want to find exhibits of evidence in which this has ever been the case. Yeah, I would love that. And, you know, there's probably going to be clips of older Iowa State games back when the crowd would erupt, but it would be because something good happened in the game. And It's not ev- because you're just randomly being an idiot, like being yeah. wild and being loud. Like, yeah. I, I would love... Maybe we'll have to get on Cyclones TV and look at like a game from Fred Zara or something to, yeah. s- to hear what it was like then because I don't... I don't know how it would have been different. I, I, I would have loved for him to reference, because I don't think he did, exactly which era in Iowa State Hilton Coliseum history yeah. was the peak Hilton Coliseum, Hilton Magic. Like, what would it have been Fred in those teams? Yeah. Or would it have been... The Pfizer teams? Or who? When Hoiberg was coach? Yeah, that's what I don't get. I don't, I don't, I don't understand, like, what... I think they're doing okay. Yeah, for I the most part, right. playing at home. I mean, of course, I can always critique the student section of what they could do better. But at the same time, I don't think it's egregiously bad that we need to write a letter like this to the to the editorial at the <laughs> Iowa State Daily. I love that the Daily printed it, though. Because you just know whoever got that letter. Well, they were like, oh, my God. Like, oh, yeah. This thing. Well, and plus, I'm plus, I guarantee whoever was at the Iowa State Daily News desk was like, oh, this is, this is going to re- bring in the clicks. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what I, they're going to get us reading about it, reading the, it word for word on um, uh, on our podcast. Exactly. I it, wish they would have sent yeah. it to us. I would have printed that. Yeah, honestly. That would have killed on Cyclone Fanatic, <laughs> either either as a, an article oh, itself man. or uh, on the forums. I wish it would have been a thread. It would have got just downvoted imagine, to hell. Oh, God. Just imagine what some of those people on the, the forums would have said. They would have just eviscerated that guy. Yep. I would have loved it. That's like one of my favorite arguments is the crowd arguments on on the forums. Yeah, because they pop up like every every after every loss, every home Hilton, loss, every Hilton. home loss. There's at least two people that are blaming the fans. Yep, fans need to be better. During, I think during that Kansas State game, it was I can't remember. It had to be Kansas State. There was a lot of people blaming the fans in that. Well, one. and again, the student section isn't there. No, it's not in its full capacity. Like the, again, they they sold. They gave students the chance to get those tickets, but it's not like every student who has student tickets showed up. You want me to say something that might make some people angry? Sure. I don't know if they're. Actually, I don't know if I want to say. It. Do it. I think you committed. I, really, there are people that I think will get be slightly offended. I don't know that there is a fan base in the country that feels like they have a larger impact on the outcome of the game than Iowa State does. I'd agree with that. And that is, and don't get me wrong, Hilton Magic is real. I've been there, I've felt it. it 
100% is real. Jack Trice Stadium, when he gets rocking, it is ridiculous. But I'm just saying that there's too many times where you see people out there blaming the way that the game is going on the fact that the crowd is not loud enough. Yep. And that, to me, like I said, we're overinflating the importance of the crowd in certain scenarios. And I would say on the Venn diagram of those fans, like a lot of the people who do that would overlap with the people who like on the forums would say, when people try to project the rest of the season, they'll be like, oh, we have to take one game at a time, guys. We can't look ahead. Yeah. But do you get what I'm saying? Like it, and I'm not saying that I'm not, it is, it's not in a bad way, yeah. but it's just like, sometimes you have to like look yourself in the mirror and be like, Hey, I'm just a fan. Like we are just the fans. Like we're not the ones playing in these games. Mm. At the end of the day, the guys that are playing probably couldn't give two shits whether or not there's people in the stands or not. Like they just are playing basketball because they like to play basketball. And it's like, then there you go. Like the fans are the frosting on the cake. You can have a cake without frosting, but at the same time, the frosting makes the cake better. Right. And that's why you go to a place like Baylor and there's no crowd at all. And they still figure out to wait way to win games all the time. Yep. Like it doesn't make that big of a difference. And it's not that in the times that it does make a difference is in those big games, in the final moments of the game when it's like people are just, it's just pure pandemonium. When Mike Gazelle is at the free throw line, when Mike Gazelle is at the free throw line or like when, uh, you know, in the, the run against Oklahoma and like that kind of stuff, like that is when it's absolutely insane, mm. you know? And that is when it can make a difference. And, more often than not, like you can't blame their play in the first half of the game on the fans, on the fans. Yeah. You know, and that is, has always been annoying to me. And I said that to Chris, I think during that Kansas state game, I looked at him, I was like, man, I don't know. Why do they like, why are there so many people that act like the, how the, how loud the crowd is, has like that big of an impact on the way people play. Yeah. I mean, again, we like to believe that Hilton magic is always like, the difference between winning and losing, but at the same time, sometimes it's just the basketball team. Yeah. It's really not that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it then sometimes it's just like, man, we're just better team than them, mm-hmm. you know, or we have some really good basketball players. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the crowd was insane. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have so, so many people mad at me. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully I wouldn't mind seeing some Twitter wars going on. I don't think that I'm wrong. I, and I will go to my grave with that one. Cause I, that has always annoyed me. I'm, with I'm you. just like, I'm, I'm with like, you. yo, like, I'm glad you came out and said it, you know? Yeah. It's just like, Hey, like, just chill. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy go, being a fan. Don't go, don't go to the game and like cheer and like, don't like be holier than now. Like with all the other fans, you know, like you don't got to be like, if I was at this game, I'd be so much louder than you are. You know, it's like, it's just, it's yeah. like, let's just have fun. Like, let's just cheer for the team. Yep. Pretty much. So West Virginia. So about those Mountaineers. Uh, they don't press that much anymore. No. Uh, They're not can, that good. Can you name somebody on the team? Well, the uh, center, Konate, or whatever. How, how is you, he still hurt? I think, I think, I think hurt. so. I don't think he's playing. Yes. And I, I, only, I know the Bolton guy because he's not playing. Oh, so yeah, the, Jonah Bolton? Yeah. Um, oh, wait, Jonah Bolton's not his name. It's, a, it's, it's another B. It's something. But anyways, Bolton. He's a guard. He's not playing. <laughs> Saw that because that was on my Twitter feed. Um, no, other than that, no, I do not know any other player. On they have team. Uh, Issa Mod. Oh yeah, Issa. He's been around for a couple years. Yeah, he doesn't play very much. He, I remember either. him. I think being he kind of got himself in 
into the doghouse. Okay. Because he, I remember him being a pretty the nice player. House. Yeah. Well, Seems like every player's in the Hugs house. That's true. There's not a player that's outside the Hugs house. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I again, can't, Kansas lost to West Virginia, but that was in Morgantown. And I don't think that West Virginia can go into Hilton Coliseum and win. I'm, a, I'm, I'm 99% confident that Iowa State will win tomorrow night. Assuming that the crowd is loud enough. True. As long as Hilton Magic shows up and performs to their fullest capabilities, that will lead us to victory. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Let's answer some mailbag questions. Okay. Well, actually, okay. So this week for this mailbag, uh, I did something a little different. I asked for hot takes as well because it's cold outside and I wanted to warm things up. So this it's week... cold, cold outside, but the action is getting hot. That's right. So instead of questions i included a few hot takes okay um and we get to comment about the hot takes so multiple hot takes from uh side jeans hot take number one steve prom wins more games than jeff prom i think we can all agree on that one i think that that is a safe one yeah it's a safe one we'll just move on to hot take two hot take two brock purdy is a heisman finalist next year that is a hot take i don't think he's gonna be a heisman finalist He'll be a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to be a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think that Tua and uh, Trevor Lawrence have at least two of the spots locked up. Yep. Uh, everybody's hot on the Justin Fields thing at Ohio State. Um, I, I will go on record and say that in order for Brock Purdy to be a Heisman finalist, Iowa State will need to win at least 11 games in the regular season next year. Yeah, eleven and one. Yeah, I would say that's a safe bet. Yeah, I they would need to be squarely in the national conversation until the final weeks. Correct, like in conversation to be in a near six bowl. Even if Sam Ellinger will have a good chance to be a Heisman finalist, Travis Etienne uh, from Clemson will probably have a good opportunity to be a Heisman finalist. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, side jeans. I think that this one's probably going to be be a no go for this next year. Even if Brock Purdy had the single best season in school history as a quarterback, it wouldn't matter if they went eight and five again. Fitzy, do you know what the school record for touchdown passes in a season is? It's not that high. Isn't it only in the 20s or something like that? It's 20. Is it 20? <laughs> That's 20. not that much. You so you say they could have the be- he could have the best season in school history 21. by a quarterback, and he could throw 21 touchdown 21 passes. 21 touchdowns. And you, I mean, what did Tua throw this year? 50, probably? Yeah. He... Th- he- he probably threw, what, at least 40 this year, didn't he? Trevor Lawrence threw a stupid number two. And he only played, what, three quarters of the year? Yeah. Tua Tagovailoa threw 43 touchdowns. So he more than doubled Iowa State's best season ever. He threw for 3,966 yards. You pulling up the yardage? Yeah. Okay. You got my record book right here. It's probably, again, it's probably less than half. Oh, if... I mean, the dude almost threw for 4,000 yards yeah. in a season. And he was 14th nationally. And traditionally, Iowa State has never been a really big passing team. Again, you think back to Troy Davis. Let me put it to you this way. 3,966 yards for two of this past season would be ninth all-time in career passing yards at Iowa Goodness State. Goodness gracious. Uh, his 43 t- passing touchdowns. <laughs> Would be third all time on, all time on the career record chart goodness gracious uh the single season passing yards record 
is 3,245. So seven, that, 700 yards. Is better. that Brett Meyer? It's Seneca in 2002. Seneca, okay. Brett Meyer ended up with 2,876 in 2005. So a, a cool 1,100 yards. Plus. Behind, behind Tua. Uh, yeah, T- Todd Bandauer has 20 touchdowns. Had 20 touchdowns in... Uh, in 1997. Now, now I have to know like what the rec what what the leaders had in uh Dwayne Haskins had 4831 passing yards this year. He yeah, I mean that's uh that would be seventh all time. Yeah. Surpassing Sage. Uh and then passing touchdowns. I think that Haskins probably had that too. 50. So let's say that fifty passing touchdowns, by the way, would uh, tie him with Brett Meyer for the most in a career at Iowa State. So let's say again, best year in in school history. Purdy throws for twenty five touchdowns. Let's so this say. this year's Heisman finalists threw for four thousand eight hundred thirty one yards and fifty touchdowns, three thousand nine hundred sixty six yards and forty three touchdowns. Keep in mind he played in three quarters in every game, and then. Uh, the Heisman Trophy winner threw for 4,361 yards and 42 touchdowns. Okay, so here's a question for you. So basically, he would account have to account for 50 touchdowns in about 5,000 yards of total offense. Yeah, that's a lot. So here's a question. So I know finalists is technically considered top three, correct? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there's sometimes I mean, there's more. So sometimes let's say like the nominations, like like top 10. What's the lowest quarterback on that list? Uh, was it McKenzie Milton? I don't know if he would count, though. That's true, because he got hurt. Well, Will Greer finished, I think, fourth or fifth, and he had 3,864 yards and 37 touchdowns. Gardner Minshew, I think, finished fifth. He had 4,779 yards and 38 touchdowns. Yeah. So uh, I would actually... I Basically, here, I'll, I'm, I'll find out the Heisman standings. Heisman, 2018, final voting. Okay. We'll figure out who the last quarterback was. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Milton. Milton, though. Uh, yeah, McKenzie Milton finished sixth. Okay. And he had 2,663 yards and 25 touchdowns, but he also missed, I think, the last two or three games of the season. How many touchdowns you said? 25. So, again, more than Iowa State. Any yeah. Iowa State quarterback in a single season. Yeah, and he played in... I think it was nine or ten games. Ten games, yeah. Ten games. Hmm. So that just goes to show how good you have to be yeah, to be a Heisman finalist. Yeah. So uh, I would say that in the order of increasing hot takes, that was actually a much harder take than you thought. That, side jeans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a scorching take. Yes, he's got scorching takes here. He does. He has two more scorching takes. Might want to throw that one into the, into the scorching we're, we're category. We're going to upgrade that one into the scorching. Yep. All right. So we'll get into the, the ones that he thought were scorching. Scorching take number one. Only serial killers and psychopaths eat plain vanilla ice cream, malts, frozen treats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think that's I mean, that's that's an acceptable take. I would I would downgrade that one to hot though. Do you drink regular vanilla? Yeah, I like vanilla milkshakes. Do, okay, do you, is it your go-to? If you if you go to Dairy Queen right now, would you be like, mm, what I really want is a vanilla a vanilla shake? Probably, yeah. Really? Well, I mean, no, I wouldn't. No, I'd probably get an Oreo Blizzard, but okay, like over. If I had to get a milkshake, okay, yeah, so, I'd get vanilla. Okay, so if you're if you were given the the choice between chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry, which are like the the traditional ice cream flavors, you would take vanilla over those other two. I mean, it would be vanilla closely followed by chocolate, and then 
Strawberry would be a distant third. <sighs> I don't know if that, that qualifies you as a serial killer or not. It's pretty close. Well, I haven't murdered you yet, have I? No, that's true. But you're, you're probably just silently plotting, <laughs> waiting for your moment to strike. Probably, it'll probably be episode 69 is when you'll come in for the kill. <laughs> So, uh, that'll be the end. Who killed Fitzy? That's that'll right. Be the next, like, that'll be the next CF Chronicles. Yeah, and you'll and throughout all of these podcasts, you'll have dropped little hints that that should have alerted viewers to your to your plans. Right, right. So that'll be the next episode of, or the next uh, season four of True Detective, mm-hmm. dissecting the. It'll be based on a real story. <laughs> exactly. Who are you getting to play you in the in the story? <sighs> Man, I'd say. Is that be someone tall? Is there a tall actor out there? No, I want Miles Teller to play me. Miles Teller. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know who I want to play me. The only problem is if it was true detective style, like we wouldn't get to see him until, you know, probably halfway through the show. It's true. Unless it's, you know, it's going to be some sort of twist that it's like we've known him all along. Mm-hmm. You like true detective? Uh, I think we've talked about this. We've talked before. about this. Yeah. I, I haven't really watched the whole thing, but I've watched certain parts. So we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Sad. Moving on to scorching take number two, which is technically supposed to be his hottest take of all, I believe. Sugar cookies are plain cookies and the worst cookie in a ranking of cookies. Okay, what's uh? We got some more takes from somebody. We no, do. I'm done with side jeans. Wait, wait, wait. you don't. Tra- wait, wait. Is, I, I must say trash. that. I must say that. Uh, wait, wait. You're you're in favor of sugar cookies? Yes. I'll say that I think oatmeal raisin are worse just because you you go in looking at oatmeal raisin, you're like, oh, this is going to be a chocolate chip cookie. And then, nope. Oatmeal raisin is the fake news of cookies. Uh, fake news. I will say that if like you make the, the oatmeal part of it and then put the chocolate chips in place of the raisins, that's a real good cookie. Yeah, that's a good cookie. So. But oatmeal raisin, like we're trying too hard to be healthy. Like I don't want – if I'm going to eat a cookie, I don't want to be healthy. Very true. Yeah, it's, it's fake. fake All right, news. next. All right, last hot take from – Side the- jeans, you're n- – blackball that guy he's he's on the he's blocked for a while from band from stands from, and fits from stands and fits all right sorry side jeans jared has spoken all right moving on danny cyclone with the last hot take of the pod with ohio state locked in with ryan day for four to five years and the browns promoting freddie kitchens matt campbell will still be at isu in 2025 i hope so i hope so too do you think that's a hot take or do you think it could realistically happen i don't think it's that hot um i don't think it's that hot either I could see him being at Iowa State in 2025. That's only, what, six years from now at this point? So, and he'd have been here for 10 years total. That's not that long. If you think about, like, well, thinking about, like, Ferentz terms. Yeah. So, I would think that there would be some really nice jobs open up during those six years. But I could also see Matt Campbell actually wanting to stay here for a while and win a couple conference championships. Yeah. So. All right. Hot, but not that hot. All right. We'll uh we'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet Studios on Stands and Fits, presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife, anything. 
personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. All right, we're back. Time for Hot and Not. You want to go first? I'll go first. James Harden, dude's on fire. Uh, I know you're the NBA, NBA guy here, but he has not scored fewer than 30 points in a game since December 11, which is 23 games of 30 or more. So uh, he's got to be the unquestioned most valuable player of the NBA at this point, correct? Like he, He's always yeah. been good, but he's, been, he's never been this good. No, yeah. I mean, he had 61 in the Garden last week. All 61 were unassisted. Yeah, so he's doing it all himself. Yeah, basically. And I... I mean, he's averaging over 36 a game. There's only like two guys ever that have ever averaged more than 36 a game. One of them is Wilt Chamberlain, Yeah, and, which brings me to my point. So what'd you say, 23 games in a row? Correct. In 1961-62, Wilt Chamberlain scored 30 or more points in 61 consecutive games. From November until mid-February, Wilt Chamberlain scored more than 30 points in every single game. Mm-hmm. That dude was ridiculous. Mm. I mean, that is unfathomable what he was able to do. And uh, like he got his streak broken. And then the next week, he just oh, he casually just, you know, <laughs> restarted it back poured, up. poured in 100. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it just it is what it is. He's just like, hey, I'm just going to get 100 tonight. Yep. You know, make it up for it. Uh, if he wasn't a huge asshole from like all accounts, there's no way that anyone would ever be more dominant than him. But he, I think he probably gets discounted because of the fact, like I said, that most people from that era considered him to be a huge asshole. Yeah. So uh, that really hurt him. He was so good, though, that he would literally, at the beginning of the year, he would say, I want to lead the league this year in this. And so then he would just go and do it. <laughs> yeah. Whether it was rebounds or points or yeah. assists. He still, I think he still has a single season assist record in the NBA. Mm. He's still one of like the all-time leaders in assists. And it's just because he was like, yeah, it, I'm just gonna. Go. And I would, I would I'm make, gonna go have more assists. Than I would else. make the comment that the the players in today's NBA are much better overall, though. Yeah. Like I don't think Wilt Chamberlain could stroll in nowadays and put up 50 no. points on a given night. Well, that's why I said there will never be a more player more dominant than him. It, yeah. it won't. I I'm sure that there are guys who have played since that are better basketball players mm. than him. That like if you put him against Shaq, I'm sure that that would be a fine uh, matchup. Yep. You know, but. For him versus the era of people that he was playing against, it's... He was so it, much better. Yeah. It, there's no question as to who the better basketball player was. Mm-hmm. You know, who the best basketball player was. Bill Russell was the best winner, obviously, because mm-hmm. his teams won every year. But he was by far the best player, you know. And mm-hmm. Cream was like the same way, where it's just like he was head and shoulders so much better than everybody. Yeah. That it was just ridiculous. Man, I... So okay, so is there any any other player in the NBA this year that could play well enough in this final you know couple months to where they're beating Harden out for MVP? LeBron James, because he's been hurt for a while now, right? Yeah, is he, is he back officially now? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Kawhi, I think Kawhi could do it uh, if he really kind of carries the Raptors here for a little while. Don't sleep on my guy in the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they'd probably have to make a little bit of a run here. But um, Does Steph have a shot? 
Nah, probably not. Because the problem for them is that those guys take votes away from each other. Mm -hmm. They're all so good. It's like no one wants them to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be hard. And I'd be shocked if it's not. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Especially considering he, he won last year. And it, he, I, he had and a much worse year last year. One other guy to throw in the mix is Giannis, which mm -hmm. he's having a stupid good year too. You know, I mean, they're the best team in the East. Yep. Right there with the Raptors, at least. They're one of the best teams in the East. So, uh, I don't know. There's some guys right now that uh, that are about to hit their stride, I think, that you could say that they'll win an MVP at some point. I mean, Giannis will win one at some point. Anthony Davis, I still think, will probably win one at some point. I think that Embiid probably has a chance to win one at some point. So, mm -hmm. you know, kind of getting into I think, yeah, probably getting into a point where it's got some guys that are going to start hitting their stride a little bit. Maybe they'll get a little bit of a more difficult race, but Harden's been ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. crazy. My only problem is that it goes to the free throw line so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. My hot this week is not hot because they've done anything good. It's hot because of the hot takes <laughs> that have been spewing from the callers on the sports fanatics on 1460 kicks. No, mm -hmm. most specifically, uh, and, uh, an individual by the name of Mark on Monday's show called in. Chris was talking about Iowa, Iowa basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said that Iowa, <laughs> that Rutgers in Illinois are comparable to uh, Baylor and Kansas State. And I was sitting by my, uh, sitting, listening to it. And I was like, uh, my mouth just dropped. I was like, did, what did this guy just say? Yeah. He tried to compare two of the worst programs in the Big Ten to two programs run by two of the greatest head coaches in the history of the sport of basketball. <laughs> no hyperbole at all. Scott Drew, who literally brought... Baylor back from the depths of murder depths of murder and has turned them into a perennial NCAA tournament team in Waco Texas uh, multiple elite eight runs multiple elite eight runs an elite head coach and Bruce Weber one of arguably the best defensive coach in the country screw Tony Bennett Bruce <laughs> he, Weber he doesn't know nothing Bruce Weber has been doing it way longer than Tony Bennett has been doing it Final fours, well, national fi runner-up. Final four, w went to the national championship game. We won't talk about who recruited the players that he was coaching. That's Doesn't matter. They weren't. He wasn't coaching them. Doesn't matter. He wasn't coaching them. And it doesn't matter that that same coach is back in the same state that Bruce Weber is coaching in. Uh, it, it was a farce. And I was, it was, it was just... I, I, I couldn't even get it. I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. How anyone can do the mental gymnastics to even make a claim of the sorts. No. There is no... Right now... Man, last week I was talking about Ja Rule. This week I'm talking about these guys. There's no basketball program in the Big 12 right now that you can point out and be like, wow, that's a, that's a perennial doorstep. You could, you could say that about Rutgers. Oklahoma State. I wouldn't even say that they're a perennial okay. doorstep. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I would say that they're obviously towards the, the bottom of the conference, mm -hmm. but they they can play anyone yeah. if they play well. Yeah. It's not like they're just going to get run over. Right. Fair. Um, 
And yeah, picking Kansas State, who is what? Tied for the, or at least up in the upper half of the Big 12 right now? They're tied for first, aren't they? I, I believe so. So that's that's very odd to say that. I know they're not very good on offense, but they have a really, really good defense. Yeah. And then to say Baylor, like I said, I mean, I don't, I was just like, man, come on. Like, you're trying way too hard to twist your narrative here, bro. Mm-hmm. Just chill. Chill. Definitely. So w- w- were there any other callers uh, that came to mind from the Sports Fanatics? There's the guy that was calling in that kept calling Ross Scott last week. That was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I just feel like they're having a lot more callers that are drunk when they call in. It's five o'clock on on the sports fanatics <laughs> it, is, it is literally it's not yeah it's actually it's a time to start drinking during happy hour so yeah uh probably post it up at the bars think oh i'm gonna call in the sports fanatics today why not man yeah why not uh but yeah so i said i had to talk about mark specifically for the hot takes that he was spewing we should yeah. have put him in the hot in the mailbag and hot takes section it would have fit in very well yeah he should also write to the iowa state daily yeah he should <laughs> write an editorial all right, uh, my not this week is, why do I have to go into a radio station in order to accept a digital album as a prize? Can we shout out, can we put the radio station on blast? Uh, yeah, it's Laser. Okay. Uh, so Muse is one of my favorite bands, and they're running a contest where if you, you, know, you, you hear a keyword on the, on the air, go in, enter it on their website, you're entered for a daily you know, prize. I won one of the prizes, so I get a, I get a free copy of their digital album their new digital album, and I get entered for this, the grand prize of a trip to Vegas to see Muse play all, you know, all, all the non-food stuff paid for. Yeah. And I can't just be like sent the link with the email I registered for. I had to go into their, to their office, present my ID to claim my digital copy of, isn't it, of the album. Isn't it downtown? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, over by like the sculpture park. Yeah. yeah. And I had to do this in business hours. So eight to five when I work eight to five. <laughs> so, and it's 40 degrees below zero outside. So I have to get out of my car, out of the comfort of my own home when I'm not working eight to five and go get this. I just don't see any point. This is well, a first world problem. It is a first world problem, but I'm, I'm upset. It's, it's a total knot. I am happy that I won and I'm happy that I could go to Vegas it's even my favorite bands, but at the same time, totally, totally a not. What are the odds that you would go to Vegas, like actually win and go to Vegas? I don't know. They probably, I think they probably ran the contest for like a month. So probably one in 30 if they pick one winner each day. Yeah. So, not Is that it good. only like here? That's. Yeah. It's only, it, I'm pretty sure it's only uh laser. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So it's my, my odds are, are better than they would be if it was a nationwide contest. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not here, uh, well, I guess it won't matter because it wouldn't be during a Wednesday. <laughs> Or, or a Tuesday, but still. I'll let you know. I'll follow up if I win. <laughs> I, I hope you do, man. I hope you it do. Would make well, going, it would make going... Hey, on the bright side, maybe nobody else has got, taken the time to go down there. And you know, honestly, maybe the whole, the, so whole, you would win. the whole ID thing is maybe maybe I have to show my ID to actually be considered so they know I'm a real person for the grand prize. That could be. That might be the answer. In which case, I would be like, okay, that makes sense. How did you know that you won? Did they email you? They called me. Oh, okay. That the voicemail. Yeah. I thought it was another spam caller because I get like five of those nowadays. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a, a real person. Real person. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congrats, man. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Yep. Or I'm happy for you. It was kind of a half knot or a half hot, half knot. But uh, yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, my knot this week is Super Bowl logos. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the graphics going around. Uh, for 43 years, the NFL had individual Super Bowl logos and they were all awesome. 
And it was like every year they did something different and it was always kind of, you know, fit the city that it was being played in and all this stuff. Mm. And then for some unknown reason, they went away from it. Yeah. And now they just use a generic cookie cutter logo that they put a one behind every year. Yeah. And it makes no sense. For, I think after you could tell because of that graphic, there's one specific point where the next like four or five, especially were literally the same. Yeah. Like it's just the Lombardi trophy with the the Greek letters underneath. That's what it is now. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it still is that they've, they've varied it a little bit more, but it's all pretty generic up. cookie cutter crap. It just makes no sense to me where it's like, that's a tradition. We are going to take something cool and make it not cool anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they, they they might have gotten a lot of great feedback on the one year like that they said, like the next year after the great year. They're Super like, Bowl 45 oh, with it. Super Bowl 45. Okay. And then they got to Super Bowl 50. And that was like, the, that's like the only year that they ever didn't use the Roman numerals, which, which makes is, sense because it's Super Bowl 50. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, it would have been Super Bowl L. I don't think that that would have been the... <laughs> the dude, I just go with it, man. Roll with it. Make it a thing. But then since then, they just have the L, the trophy, and then a, a one or the I, and then it's L, trophy, I, I, L, trophy, I, 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 and then next year, it'll be L, trophy, I, V. Yeah, boring. But like the one that they had in Atlanta, I don't know, this would have been Super Bowl 28. I don't know what that year that would have been. Uh, it's got like a peach on it. Super Bowl 36 in New Orleans had the United States uh, presented on it. I'm sure that that was after 9-11 mm-hmm. that they put that one together. Uh, the last one in Atlanta has like a cool little seal there was one that was in New Orleans that's got some Mardi Gras type stuff on it. And they just, I, I don't get it. Why would they do that? That's stupid. The, the the marketing department must have just gotten totally laid off or something. Uh, or something. Yeah. Like they just were like, yeah, we're just going to make this boring now. We're going to allocate our resources to to not pay a new graphic artist to design a new logo. <sighs> Since they're hurting for money, you know. Yeah, the NFL has no uh, cash really, flow these days. Really struggling. Mm-hmm. The uh, the NFL offices can't even afford to. It's unfortunate. Poor guys and girl and girls, I guess. So. <sighs> Whatever. All right. All right. Let's do. Uh, Would you rather? Yeah. We did not do them last week, so you are still on the hook for asking me questions this week. Damn. Sorry. All right. I know it's it's more fun to to answer, but. All right, we're gonna do two. Okay. Two, one, two. All right. One, one and 250. 2.50. I'm going to make you scroll all the way down. No, I'm going to search. No. You take the loser's way out. Suck on that. All right. That's... Okay. Would you rather wear what makes you feel comfortable or wear the best outfit in the room? So basically... Do... <laughs> whoa, wait, wait, wait. So what setting is this? Is this Am I going to like a, a meeting where... I I can be in sweatpants and a t-shirt or like it, it totally depends on the setting. Like, is it just like every day? I don't know. Or is it like at, jo- at work? I don't know, man. That's tough. If I have to pick one over the other, I just want to be comfortable. Like I don't, I don't care what other people think about same, me. Same. But at the same time, if, it, if I'm going to meet someone important for work, then obviously I'm not going to show up in sweatpants. I wanna, I'm going to try to dress nicely. So yeah i would i would err on the side of comfort yeah i would agree all right what do you want now um 122 
Would you rather find you're adopted? <laughs> find out you're adopted or find out one of your parents has a secret family. Oh my God. Find out I'm adopted or find out one of my parents has a secret family. Um, oh, that's, that's not one with an easy, uh, with an easy quick answer for me. I think I'd rather find out, whoa, man, I don't know. Depends. Why were, why are they keeping it a secret? I feel like this is like, this is the part of the movie you never see, you know? Yeah. Like you see the person who has the double life, but like now, what was the movie we came up with last week? (laughs) I can't remember. What was it? Oh no! It was Matthew McConaughey as a basketball coach. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. and uh, Jonah Hill as the uh, yeah, as his bag, the bag man. man. Bag man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still love that idea. Oh yeah, that's gonna we'll 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 win some Emmys with that one. Probably. All right, but I think I think the more I think about it, I would be fine with one of my parents having a secret family because there's probably a reason that they would keep it secret from me. It'd probably be to protect me for some reason. I love that you give your parent with the secret family a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I would. Uh, and it's not that not that being adopted is bad. I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be devastated by being told I was adopted. But at the same time, um, I think that would just open up. Like I would want to I would need to do more work to find out. Like okay, who where do I actually come from? Like I'd be interested in all that kind of stuff. What in reality, if one of my parents told me that they had a secret family, I'd probably just you know again trust them. They're they're, they're secret for a reason. It's fine. Do you, okay. do, you, do you disagree with me on this? One? No, I don't know. I, like I said, it's funny that you're giving like their parent with the secret family the benefit of the doubt. You know, I respect I mean, it. I, respect I, guess, it. I guess, yeah, that's that's the way I would I would I would look at it. Fair enough. All right, man. Uh, stay warm out there. Yeah, everybody, stay warm. Uh, we will talk to you guys again next week. Hopefully, it will be warmer. We're gonna go from negative sixty one chills to like fifty degrees on Saturday. It's gonna be marvelous. Yeah. A hundred degree turnaround. It's crazy to think about, honestly. Yeah. What if it did that from Wednesday to Thursday? What that, do you think it would feel like to walk outside? Like when it felt, you know, like if you walked outside at night and it's something like 60 to negative 60, and then you go out in the morning and it's 50 degrees. That'd be very interesting. You know, honestly be more interesting if you, if you like try to stay outside throughout the whole change, like, would you gradually thaw out or would you, just be permanently frozen with <laughs> frostbitten, you know? That's a, that's a tough one. What a world, man. Yep. What a, what Lot, a lots what to a, ponder. What a earth. I'm not going to give any, we won't give any uh, commentary on uh, global warming like Chris did. <laughs> did he? Yeah. And, and uh, just have his mentions blow up oh, on dear. Twitter last night. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks again to the professional MBA program at the Ivy College Business at Iowa State. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet being presenting sponsor of the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Beat the Mountaineers and peace.